This is a sheer on. This is a sheer on the Kutesiches Chelak Chav Gimel, book twenty-three of the Kutesiches. The Sicha of Pinchas, first Sicha, on the pasuk which it says in the parsha describing the Menai Slavchad. Menai Slavchad were the um, daughters of Slavchad. It says that they stood before Moshe and before Elazar the Kayan and before the leaders, Nasim, before the leaders of the tribes, and before the entire community, Pesach El Moed Lamer, at the entranceway to the tents of meeting, to the Mishkan, say, and they asked, basically, their, their question was, Our father died in the desert. He only had daughters. According to the current laws of inheritance, said they to Moshe, etc., then our father. Our father's portion will go back up. He doesn't have any sons, so they won't go to his children. It'll go back up to his father and be divided amongst the remaining brothers and their progeny. So they said it's not fair. Our father didn't leave any children, but we're his children. And so thereafter, Hashem made a new law. Moshe Rabbeinu will soon see whether it was new or whether it was just um, revived. Moshe Rabbeinu went to ask Hashem, and Hashem said, if somebody passes and doesn't have any boys, then his inheritance will go over to his daughters. But the way that this took place is that they came before Moshe and Elazar and the Nesim at the entrance to the oil made, and they asked. So now there's a question in Sifri, there's an argument brought, and it goes as follows. Sifri says, if Moshe didn't know, how would Elazar know? In other words, <coughs> well, it says they came before Moshe and Elazar. The, the only... <coughs> the only source of knowledge of what Hashem had taught, the mitzvahs of Hashem was Moshe. So if you asked Moshe and he did not, how would Elazar know? Elazar was the son of Aaron. Any information he had would have had to come from Moshe. Ella says, Rabbi Yeshia says, Saras, Sarei Samikov Dasho, you have to transpose the Pasuk and you have to expound on it homiletically, in other words, read it not with the exact order that it's written. In other words, it says that all these people were there, but you have to rearrange the words in the Pasuk, homiletically, that it was first the community, the Nesim, and then Elazar, and then Moshe. Moshe was the top of the hierarchical body of knowledge that they came to ask. Not in the way in the order it was written. To expound on it and then rearrange the, verse, the, the words. Rabbi Yechon Abba Hanan says, well, the Beisameh show you, they were sitting in the house of study, and they came, the daughters of Slavchan, and stood before them at that location. And therefore, basically, they posed the question to all of them together. It wasn't that they first went to the highest body of knowledge, Moshe, as, as you would read here, and then went to the lower, to the next stages of the transmission of Torah information with Lazar and the leaders. No, they were all together in the base message. The same, this same exact argument we find that the Sifri beings in another two places. First of all, in the description of what took place, the parsha called the parsha of Pesach Sheni, in the portion of Baloischa, it says that some people, they came close to Moshe and to Aaron, they complained, why should we miss out bringing the carbon, even though we are impure? And you remember that then we got the mitzvah, that there's a second chance, there's a face of Shani. Also in another parsha, which is the parsha of the gathering of the wood, the violation of Shabbos with a person gathered wood on Shabbos. And it says that they brought them to Moshe and to Aaron and to all the community. There too, the, the Sifri brings two examples where we're going to have to do either one of two things. Either we have to say that the, the lineup that the Torah speaks about, we have to transpose, and it's not exactly, it needs to be uh, uh, expounded on homiletically, and it wasn't in the order, 
At first they came to Moshe, then to the next levels of transmission. Because if Moshe didn't know, how would anybody else know? And uh, so the Sifri says, all the other options that they came with, they were the base of Medrash, so they came and they were all together. But here we see something uh, strange, something uh, that requires um, tomua. It's uh, uh, something more, it's more than, than, than questionable, something that, that arouses a great question um, in Rashi. Because in Paris Baalesu, he speaks about the second Pesach, he says, they came before Moshe and Aaron. Rashi says one explanation, just explains that they were sitting in the Beis HaMedush, and they were asked. And Rashi continues, it's not proper to say that they came to ask them one after the other, to Moshe and then to Aaron, because if Moshe didn't know, how would Aaron know? So you see that in that first story, Rashi says simply, like Abachanan in the Sifri, that it, when they came to Moshe and Aaron, to all the community, when they came to Moshe and Aaron, it means they came when they were sitting in the, in the base measures. In the second story that the Sifri brings, when about the wood gatherer, where it says they came to Moshe and Aaron, all the community, this is in Parsha Shlach, one Parsha after the Parsha of the Pesach Sheni, Rashi doesn't explain anything. In our Parsha, Rashi brings both opinions. And he says the names of the one who says it, which always gives away that there's something important why we have to know who's saying it. Otherwise, Rashi doesn't usually quote the source of the names. So, the fact that Rashi doesn't say anything in Parsha Shlach, when we're talking about the wood gatherer, we could say that he is relying on the fact that he just explained what this kind of Pasuk means earlier about the second Pesach. It's one Parsha earlier. However, in our Parsha, the fact that he brings both opinions, and he brings the names of those who said it, is totally not understood. Why? Because, <coughs> on the one hand, from the fact that when the question of Pesach Sheni came, and it says they were stood before Moshe and Ar, there Rashi doesn't give two opinions, he just says the pshat is that they came to the Beis HaMedrash. And actually we understand that that does make more sense in the simple reading of the Torah, which Rashi is always trying to follow the simple reason. Because to say that the Pesach has to be cut up and has to be rearranged is as Rabbi Yoshi himself calls it Darsheyu, it's expounding on it homiletically, it's not the simple understanding. So we can understand why Rashi in the story of the Pesach says that they came to ask Moshe and Aaron when they were sitting together in the base Medrash. However, so if so, why in our period, why in our Rashi does he bring both opinions? Obviously, that means that the, the opinion of Rabbi Yoshia, that you have to transpose the, the uh, Pesach and rearrange it, obviously that if he brings it here, that means it also fits. <laughs> more than that, here he brings that Pirush first. And more than that, in the Parsha of Baal Eischa, it only says that they brought him before Moshe and Aaron. So all you have to rearrange in the Pasuk is put Moshe, put Aaron before Moshe. The first to ask Moshe, Aaron, then Moshe. In our verse here, it says they came before Moshe, they came before Elaz of the Kaya, they came before the leaders of the tribe. So that means you really have to rearrange the Pasuk in a much more drastic way. You have to take these three items and rearrange them. Nonetheless, so that seems to be even less shuteh less simple reading of the Pasuk, then rearranging the two words, Moshe and Aaron, yet there Rashi doesn't at all allude to the fact that there's a way of drasha to rearrange it. Here, when it's more difficult to, to, to read it as part of the Pshutah Shemekah, Rashi does bring that opinion, and he brings it first. Base. Micha'eda would seem to say that we will be able to explain the difference between the two explanations in Rashi. The one in Parsha's Balaisra and the one in our Parsha is connected with the difference in language in the Psukim. 
In Parshas Baleischa, it says only Lifnei Moshe v'Lifnei Aaron. Parshas Baleischa, it says before Moshe and before Aaron. So it makes sense to say, according to Pshut Yishlomikha, that it was Kishashneim Yeshvim Veisamedish when they were both sitting in the Veisamedish. However, in our Parsha, where the Pasuk adds, V'chol Ha'eda, that all the community was there, so therefore, Rashi here does not explain, like his first, like his first explanation, that they were sitting in the Beis HaMedrash, because how could the entire community be in the Beis HaMedrash? When it's Moshe now, you could say Beis HaMedrash, there's two people sitting together in the Beis HaMedrash, but here, it says, Kol Ha'eda, so all the Eda, <coughs> Assuming what the word Eda means, but just to say Eda is the community. How could they all be in the Beis Hamedrash? But that's not a good um, that's not a good point to say. Why not? Because first of all, hey, in Pasha Shlach it says also the same thing that they came to Meishan Aaron to the whole community. Rashi doesn't say anything about there. He just you you assume he relies on the fact that when it says they came to Meishan Aaron and all the community, and he, Rashi doesn't explain anything is because it's it's to be explained as he explained to Pasha Baleishul that the, that they're sitting in the Beis Hamedrash. So if it doesn't bother Rashi in the story of the wood gatherer when it says they came before all the community and Moshe Aaron, and he just relies on the fact that Beis Medrash is where they came, why does he have to be bothered by it here in our Pasha when the doors of Slavchat come? Also, Rashi himself explained in the end of Pasha's Kitisa how was the order of transmission of teaching of Moshe Rabbeinu? It says first he taught to Aaron and his sons and so on. The last people to come in and be taught were the entire people. Nichnesu came in to the teaching area, all the people. In other words, in that place where we call Beis HaMedrash, where the teaching of Torah is taking place, everybody was able to get in there. So what's the question here, that they came in the presence of Moshe Aaron and all the Ada to say that they're in the place of study? That's the way Torah was transmitted. However you'll understand the place that was able to, to, to hold the community together for Torah teaching is, uh, is the same way we'll understand it here. And the reason why it's possible to even comprehend, I mean, we're talking about 600,000 people, is because it doesn't say all the people. It's just called Ha'eda. Who's Ada? It doesn't mean literally all the Jews, but it means those that were coming to study. In other words, those that were of the Torah study age or stage. So it's not difficult to say that um, everybody, Moshe, Lazar, the Nassim, and all the Ada, which is the, the learning body, was in the Beis HaMedosh. More than that. In our Pasuk, it would seem that it's much easier, the daughters of Tzlavchat case, it would seem much easier to say they were sitting in the base Medrash, because it doesn't say, it, kol it doesn't say all the people, it says kol ha'eda. And Rashi already explained earlier, what does kol ha'eda mean? That many times, kol ha'eda, the eda refers only to Sanhedrin, it doesn't have to mean the entire community of Israel. So, here it would be simple to say that they're in the base Medrash, maybe it just means the Sanhedrin. So, so the, our question returns, why doesn't Rashi learn here simply that the meaning of the Pasuk, they came for Aaron and the Nesim, and the Ada is that they came in the Beis HaMedrash. That's why Moshe is mentioned, and then the others are mentioned, because they weren't asked one after the other. They were asked all together when they were sitting in the house of study. Gimel 3. There's another difference between this Pasuk and our Parsha and the Pasuk and Parsha Baal which according to that, we would seemingly be able to explain the reason why Rashi differentiates here from his previous pirush of just saying they were sitting in the Mesa Medrash. In Pashas, Baal doesn't say where Moshe and Aaron were. It says about the story of the Pesach Sheni, they came before Moshe and Aaron. That's why he could say right away they were sitting in the Mesa Medrash. In our Pasha, it says that they were in the entranceway of the El Mayed, the entranceway of the Mishkan. 
So we could say that's why Rashi doesn't want to immediately say Beis Hamidrash, because the Torah says they were elsewhere. However, that is also not such a good explanation. Why? Because simply speaking, where is the entranceway to the Elmite? That's the same place. It's synonymous with Beis Hamidrash, the place of learning. Both were in one place, at the entranceway of the Elmite. The entranceway to the Elmite means in the courtyard of the Mishkan. And we know that the place of study is also the courtyard of the Mishkan. Where was the, where was the, um, near the Mizbeach? Where was the Sanhedrin? In the beginning of Parshish Mishpatim, it says that you should place the Sanhedrin near the Mizbeach. So we can say that the entranceway to the Eil Moed, which is the courtyard of the Mishkan, and the Beis HaMedrash, the same place. So that's, the fact that it says here, Pesach El Moed, doesn't mean to exclude Beis HaMedrash. Rashi could still learn that that's exactly the place. Based. Even if you want to say that, it, that the Pesach says Pesach El Moed, that's not the Beis HaMedrash. Oh, one second. Why not? Sorry. Even if you want to say, yeah, so even if you want to say it can't mean that the Pesach Hamid cannot mean the same place as Beis Hamidrash, how do you know that? First of all, second of all, Rashi does in the next period say that they were in the Beis Hamidrash. And, um, sorry. The Rebbe says here, Rashi doesn't have to say Beis Hamidrash, just why, why do you even give a place that they were? The Torah said where they were. Pesach Elmaid. Why do you have to define Rashi where Pesach Elmaid is? So basically we're left with, that, with, with our, still with our initial, our original question. Rashi takes on simply in the story of the Pesach Shein, they came before Meish and Aaron, it's at the entranceway to the Elmaid. It's when they were sitting in the Beis Hamidrash. In the story of the gatherer of wood, Rashi doesn't comment anything that they came before Meish and, and, and Aaron and the, and the Nesim. Rashi doesn't say anything to explain. We assume that it means because they're in the, they're in the Beis Medrash, just like the previous person. Here, when he talks about the doors of Tzlafchad, all of a sudden Rashi comes, not just he doesn't bring the Beis Medrash first, not just he brings the, the rearrangement of the Pasuk as an option, but he brings that first. and doesn't seem to take the simpler option, which is Beis Medrash, which would fit Pshutosh Mikramo. Dalit. So now we'll understand all of this by first understanding um, what does it mean to say, if Moshe didn't know, how would the others know? So from the language of Rashi, it's, it, we, can, we can understand that the pshat of the Lushan of the Pasuk is already an indication that the question of these people that were impure, but in the case of Pesach, and the question of the daughters of Slavchad was asked individually to each of those who are being asked. But it can be in two ways. In other words, it can be that they were asked at one shot. They asked a number of people that are sitting in the same seating, or that they asked the individuals being identified here as being asked one after each other, two separate times. And that's why after Rashi in Parshat Baal says that they were sitting in the Beis HaMedrash, he explains, even if they're sitting together in the Beis HaMedrash, he has to explain that it wasn't that they were asked one after the other. That's why Rashi gives a bit of a more lengthy language there. He says it's not proper to say that they were asked one after the other. They were asked in the Beis HaMedrash and not one after the other, because if Moshe wouldn't know, how would Aaron know? Similarly, in our parsha, Rashi right away says, if Moshe did not, how would Elazi know? More than that, in our pasuk, where Rashi brings that it was brought before Moshe, the Rashi then says, and afterwards before Elazar. We can say, why does Rashi add the words, and afterwards, v'achakach? Rashi is coming to try and tell us that the word v'lifnei here means afterwards. In other words, the word lifnei, that was brought lifnei Moshe before Moshe, and lifnei Elazar, is something that splits Moshe from Elazar. If the Pasuk would just say it was brought before Moshe and Aaron, Lifnei Moshe of Aaron, or in our case, Lifnei Moshe of Elazar. 
So you can understand that the question was asked at one shot before the two of them when they're sitting together. Moshe and Aaron are together. It says that the, the, the questioners about the Pesach came to ask Moshe and Aaron. Well, they were sitting together. So the fact that, they were, that, 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 the, that Aaron is mentioned is because he was part of the, of, 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 of the, technic, the technical situation was that Aaron was there too. But it says, Lifnei Moshe, Vilifnei Elazar. Oh, that's already before Moshe and before Aaron. That already sounds like there were two separate questions. It could already be telling us that Moshe was asked and also Aaron was asked. The Lifnei gives special prominence and, and, and importance to the other person who's mentioned alongside with Moshe. So Rashi says, but one second, if Moshe didn't know, how would the others know? So, it's impossible to say that first Moshe was asked, then the other was asked. Because how would anybody know if Moshe didn't know? That's why Rashi immediately says, if it says they were asked for Moshe and Aaron, it has to be that they were in the Beis HaMedosh. And then, we don't need to explain why each one is being asked. Yes, each one is being asked, but not one after the other. It's being posed to each of them, but together. Well, that's okay. Yeah, now, what does it mean by some edges? So now the Rebbe is going to give a um, going to give a reinterpretation here. Not a reinterpretation, but the Rebbe is going to give it, tell us to look at a word that we may have overlooked, and give a big chiddush here about the word holds the entire. This word by holds the key to the explanation. What's the word by some means a house of expounding. It's a house where Torah is studied together. It's not a place where instructional Torah is transmitted. It's not the place where you, they come to hear the, the Torah, the halacha, the instruction, the drasha, from a one uh, person who's the teacher, the chacham. You know, it's even though also in the Beis HaMedrash, there's a Rav, there's a Rosh Hashiva, and there are students, and there's a different hierarchy. In, within the students themselves, there's a hierarchy within the students. There are some that are more advanced, some that are less. Nonetheless, the concept of the house of study of the Beis HaMedrash is that all those who are sitting in the Beis HaMedrash are participatory in the learning. They hear the question, they go back and forth, they come to an answer. There's a lot of noise in the Beis HaMedrash because there's a lot of study, give and take, pill-pull. From this, it's also understand, understood that the shyness, the questions that you pose in the Beis HaMedrash are different than the shilas that you would ask when you come to a based in, or you come to a judge, a dayan, or you come to a rov. When you come to ask a question in a based in, or a dayan, or a rov, even if there are students there, we understand that we're not asking the students. The based in is being asked to give a halacha the way they teach it. However, when you come to ask, pose a shilas in the based on medrash, in the house of expounding, in the house of study, so it's being thrown out there, it's being, it's, uh, you're approaching not just the head of the Beis HaMedrash, the Rosh Hashiva, so on. You didn't come to him when he's in his office to answer questions. You came to him when he's in his position as being the head of the Yeshiva, sitting there with all those that are sitting in the Yeshiva. You're posing the question to the August Assembly, which includes other Talmudim, which includes Aaron or Elozar and so on. And everybody looks into the question so they can say their opinion in it. The fact that Rashi says that they were sitting, Moshe and Aaron were both sitting in the Beis HaMedish when they were asked, is to say that the fact that Aaron heard the question is because 
they were both together learning Torah in a way of give and take in a base of Medrash. And so therefore, indeed, the question was being asked at the same time to Moshe and to Aaron in their togetherness, in their give and take of learning Torah together. Yeah. So this is also the reason why Rashi in our Parsha explains changes. And he brings the first Pirush, even the second Pirush, where he says that they were in the Beis HaMedrash. He doesn't say Pesach HaElmoyed. He says they were in the Beis HaMedrash. He wants to find the fact that they came to the Pesach HaElmoyed. What kind of a Pesach HaElmoyed? He says because he's explaining they didn't come to a place where Torah is taught from top down. This, the, the, the issue here of Pesach HaElmoyed that's being identified is not to give you a geographical location and that they were all together. It's to tell us what kind of togetherness they were in, in a base medrash, where there's give and take, where therefore the question is being posed to the entire assemblage of scholars. Well, according to this was understood, why Rashi in our parsha doesn't take the base medrash option as the first option. Why? Because Rashi learns that when it says Pesach HaElmoyed, at the entrance of the HaElmoyed, Torah is not coming to tell you the, 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 the exact location where they were. I mean, what's the difference where everybody was standing? But this is mostly coming to explain how they were assembled. They were assembled in the manner that they were assembled at the entranceway to the El Mayan. That's where the entire Adar joins together to hear what Meshach Rabbeinu says. So, you know, the Zrashi it comes out in our Pasuk, when you learn it, a Pashtus, it's not a Besamedish. If the Torah says Pesach El what took place in Pesach El Pesach El was usually the place where there was a transmission of Torah. Moshe taught halachas to everybody. That's not Besamedish. Besamedish is when, where, where there's a discussion of Torah. So to say that Pesach El here is the Besamedish is a little bit of a stretch. In terms of what we already know about Pesach Elmaid. Now, you could say, you could try and force it to say that who was in the Pesach Elmaid, just the community. In other words, Pesach Elmaid was a place of gathering. So once you mentioned that Kol Ha'eda was there, the whole community was there, they are in a, the place of gathering Pesach Elmaid. But Moshe, Lazar, and the Nesim, they were in the Besamedish, they were sitting together and studying in a give and take way. And the question of the Bnei Slavchad was asked. To everybody, in other words, like in the Beis Hamedrash, to Moshe, Aaron, and the Nesim. At that same time, the Pasuk is telling also that the whole Ada was at the entranceway to the Elmite. When the answer was given. However, difficult to... Um, and why would the whole Ada have been there to hear the answer? Rashi, the Rebbe points out in R24, because simply speaking, this question was either directly or at least in potential had a relevance to every single Jew because it was about the laws of inheritance. Anyone could possibly find himself, either potentially in a way, where they didn't have any sons, they only had daughters. So it was a law that was relevant to everybody. So obviously when they heard that this is an item on the agenda, they would have all come to hear, what's the answer about this? So the Pasuk could be saying that the Beis HaMedrash was taken, that was the style of, of, of gathering that at the time, Moshe Aaron and Moshe Allah and the Nassim were engaged in, and they came and posed the question to them in the Beis HaMedrash setting. Pesach it means the Kolo but that's difficult to say like that, because to, to, to divide the Pesach as talking about 
Moshe Lazar and the Sim, Mesamedish, and the rest of the people in Pesach Amid, that's difficult to read the Pasik that way. So that's why, first of all, Rashi says there's another way to read the Pasik simpler, and that's transpose, Sore Samikra, transpose, and basically rearrange the verse. That it says they came before Moshe and before Elazar and before the Nasim is because they were asked indeed one after the other. But we have to rearrange the order in which they were asked. You're right, they couldn't have asked Moshe and then asked Elazar. That doesn't make sense. There's a, a homiletic way of reading the Pasuk where it's rearranged. And first it was the Nasim, then Elazar, then Moshe. And then the Pasuk is literal. And everybody was there and Moshe was transmitting. And indeed, Moshe was asked last and then he came and gave the transmission. The thing, the only thing you have to do is rearrange the order of the way it was said in the Pasuk. So, Zayin. Now we understand why Rashi brings the individuals who said it, Rabbi Yeshe and Abachanan, because he wants to explain that this is relevant in following a pattern in these two individuals, these two great sages, how they learned Chumash. Do we learn that we should transpose the Pasuk and rearrange the words in a different order? Or is it better to try and put try and rearrange the context of the Pasuk, like in our case, where Beis HaMedrash doesn't really fit the Pesach el Mayed. try and rearrange the context of the Pasuk and leave the Pasuk without having to transpose, without having to rearrange the order of sequence. It's not just about this Pasuk where they differ. This is what we call a Lishitose. They follow their own reasoning in various places. Rabbi Yoshi and Abba Khanan have this same approach. Rabbi Yoshi is more want to say, divide up the Pasuk, transpose the Pasuk and rearrange the order. Uh, look at it, in other words, homiletically. Abachanan says, rearrange the context, but leave the Pasuk more literal. So that's why Rashi brings the names, because this really follows their opinion on how to read Chumash. Ches, 8, according to all this, we'll understand now why Rashi doesn't speak about the same question in the gathering of the wood. There he doesn't explain anything. Because there the question is, that the, 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 the Bnei Sol are... What's the question? The question is, why by the base Pesach Sheni do you go and ask a question to Aaron after you ask Mesha? So in the story of the gather of wood, that question is not there. Because Ashi says, they knew. The question about him was, which death does he have to die with? They knew that somebody who violates Shabbos loses his life, his Misa. So coming to Mashanah is not a question of what to do. It's not so much the question of Allah, what to do with this person. We know he has to be put to death. The question now is, look, this person has to be put to death. We're handing him over. Now you have to carry out this punishment of death. Okay, find out which one. So it's not a question why we're bringing him before Aaron and the community and Moshe, why they're all being said equally here. Because here... The carrying, and when we talk about carrying out of the punishment, giving, uh, making sure that justice is, is done, speaking about Moshe and Aaron and the community makes, makes perfect sense. As we have another, there's a, a, a 31. Look it up around the spot. The Parsha of Matis, chapter 31, <coughs> verse Yudbeis. Well, we find a similar thing. It says that, they brought to Moshe and, and Allah Zarqayid and all the community of people the booty, the plunder that they had gathered from the Midianite war. I mean, there there's no question. Why did they, say, why did they bring it before Moshe and Elazar and the community of Israel? <laughs> because when we're talking about carrying out the distribution and the allocation of this booty, 
the fact that we say Lazar and the, the leaders of the tribe after Moshe is, is not questionable. Moshe will tell us what to do with it, and they will carry it out. You see here, a similar thing. It's not so much the question here. Here it's about fulfilling the, the, what needs to be done with them. So they're bringing the wood gatherer before Moshe and Lazar and the Nesim <coughs> to see what to be done with it. If you're saying they're coming to ask, and the main thing is a halachic question, so after you ask Moshe, you're going to ask somebody else. If Moshe doesn't know, who's going to know? But if you're talking about carrying out, yes, then, there's, then, there's, then the others that are mentioned there are because they're part of the executors of what needs to be done. <coughs> okay, yes. Also has to be found out what kind of death. But that's more of a detail within the carrying out of what the executors of, the, of, the, of this punishment need to find out. So therefore, Rashi doesn't have to explain there why <coughs> there's a hierarchy mentioned of Moshe and then the other leaders. It's not such a question because it's not a primarily halachic question there. Test. According to this, we'll understand another similar thing. In the portion, in the parsha that speaks about the Makalal, about the one who cursed Hashem, it says in the passage they brought him to Moshe. Only to Moshe. Now, we have to understand the wood gatherer and the cursor of Hashem at the same period at the same time as Rashi says there. So why by the Mekala, the one who didn't bless Hashem, is it um, brought only to Mesha? By the wood gatherer brought to Mesha and Aaron and all the community. So according to this we'll understand, Rashi over there says that they knew that the wood gatherer had to die. They didn't know what to But the Mekala, they didn't know if he needs to be put to death or not. In other words, by the Mekalel, by the one who was cursing God, there was a hashayla in halacha. What do we do with this person? So we understand. You've got to go to Meshach Rabbeinu to ask that question. But by the wood gatherer, where they knew that he has to lose his life, his chayiv misa, the question is more, okay, this needs to be executed. This needs to be carried out. Let's bring him to, to Meshach and to the community to carry out the punishment. Now they just have to find out that Nuance in the detail which kind of misa, which kind of death is yet to be, has, has to be applied to him. So now we understand that Pesach that when they came to Moshe and Aaron to ask about Pesach Sheni, Rashi immediately says that's where there was a give and take. They were together as a give and take. They came to the base medrash, the place where there's discussion. That's where Moshe and Aaron are, are mentioned equally. In the Makaisha Sheitzim, when it comes to wood gatherer, there's no question there because there it's a question not about what's the halacha, more it's a question of handing him over. It's a mission to hand him over and get justice done. They know basically what justice needs to be done with the wood gatherer, a violation of Shabbos' Misa. And that's why Moshe and the order of those who will actually carry out that, that, that din are mentioned. It's not, a, it's not a question of needing to know the information so much. There's more of a question of carrying out. In our parsha, it's, it's a, uh, it, there's a halacha being asked. To say that they were in the Beis HaMedrash is a little difficult because Pesach HaElmeid is more the place of transmission of halacha, not so much a place of give and take. So first of all, we follow Rabbi Yeshia. There's two ways of approaching. Do you take the Pesach HaElmeid out of context or do you take the order in the Pasuk out of context? So first we go to Rabbi Yeshia because there the literal words of the Pasuk stay more, stay more in shape. But we have to be homiletical with the Pasuk and rearrange it. We have the other option where Pesach HaElmeid is going to be a little bit um, rearranged 
the context here will be that although it says Pesach Elmeid, but still, for Moshe and Aaron and the Nisim, there was a, was a base Medrash, which makes sense in, um, in the order of the Pasuk and so on, but we have to push it a little bit to, to, to connect Pesach Elmeid with a place of not just transmission, but also a place of give and take of Beis HaMedrash. Okay, two options. <coughs> Yud. From the wine of Torah and this Rashi, the deeper thing that we can take from this Rashi, the inner reason why Rashi brings these pirushim, these explanations, dafka by the deeper reason why Yeah, so let's take the, the Yena Shaltera of this Rashi. The inner reason why Rashi brings these Pirushim Dafka by the Parsha of Pesach Sheni and the Parsha of Bnei Slavchad and not in the portion of the Makesha Sheitzim, we can say because the content of these Pirushim has a connection to the Eifen, the to the way in these Parshas were said. The Chiddush of these two parshas is that they were said in a way that they were elicited. There was a bakosha, there was a, a, a taina, a complaint and a, and, and, a, and a request from the mata from the people down below. Right? We have Milo, which is, represents Hashem, mata represents the created beings, Bnei Yisrael. Um, and that is in the parsha of Pesach Sheni, and the Rebbe points out here in Haaretz 34 that the content of these two things that were being taught also is very much focused on the work from below. Pesach Sheni is about teshuva. People that weren't able to bring the first Pesach now they have a second chance. Teshuva, teshuva is about the input from below, rearranging, re, 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 um, redoing oneself. And the parsha about a bas, about a daughter. Daughter is zocher is is giver. Daughter is receiver. So it's emphasizing the, the 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 advantage of bas, of the receiver. In other words, the mato, um, the feminine, um, and and giving, yeah, right. Emphasizing that that mila. Now the daughters are going to be inheriting. Anyway, so the Rebbe says the parsha of pesach sheni came through the taina of the people that were impure. And they said, why should we miss out not to be able to bring this carbon? And through the complaint, not the complaint, through the taina, through the claim and the request of the daughters of Slavchot, who said, why should our, the name of our father be diminished and he shouldn't get his inheritance? Give us inheritance. And this has got to do with also the two ways of reading the Pasuk, whether you learn it in a way of Saresa Mikra, transpose the Pasuk and rearrange it, or that the reason it says Moshe and Aaron, or Moshe and Elazar, is because they were sitting in the house of study. Because both emphasize the is the importance of the learning of Torah, the way it is done through us who are below. When we say rearrange the Pasuk, you're saying the Pasuk, the way it comes from above in a certain way, is not understood. We below have been given by Hashem, of course, the mandate and the permission to rearrange 
the way the Pasuk is said, but this needs to do, of course, only by transmission, only by the rabbis in the Mishnah and the Medrash and so on. You can't do that on your own accord today, God forbid. But only through the, the work of those who are studying it can it be understood. In other words, again, the emphasis of the recipient here understanding it in the way that it needs to be understood according, not the way Hashem said it directly, but the way it needs to be rearranged here to be understood here. Similarly, the concept that they were sitting in the Beis HaMedrash, learning to in the Beis HaMedrash emphasizes the maila, the virtue and advantage of the learning of Torah, of the person, the matter, those who are below. Which is different when you talk about the gathering at the entrance of the El to hear transmission of what Moshe is transmitting, the word of Hashem through Moshe. Or when you come to hear the king transmitting what the Hashem has said in the Torah, that the king is just transmitting the word of Hashem. There what's being emphasized is the advantage, the maila of the above, Hashem. Those that are gathered and listening to what's being said are only hearing and receiving those things to the extent that it's impossible to have a Beis HaMedrash without a Chidush. Through Pilpul of Chaveirim, it says, there's a, a statement that you can't have a Beis HaMedrash, the Gemara says, in Chagiga, there's no Beis HaMedrash give and take and learning without a Chidush. Through the Pilpul of the friends going back and forth, asking, answering, becomes nuance, novelties, this chidushim in Torah. Just in general, like we say, the mile of Teresh Peh, the oral Torah, of Teresh B'Ksav. Teresh B'Ksav is the way Torah is from perspective of Hashem. And in that place, in that, from that source of transmission, the details of the mitzvah are not so revealed. But in the oral Torah, that's where the details of the Torah, of the mitzvahs are revealed through the toil of a person down below. Till many things in the Torah says that there's chidushim in Teresh which were only asmechua um, akra. They were relied on to the pasuk. In other words, they were uh, the sort. They lean on things in the pasuk, but they're really novelties in a certain sense. Again, there's the mesera, there's the transmission of of Teresh but you don't see it openly. The Teresh Shabbat Chachamim said this, and this is the meaning, and they leaned it on sources in the pasuk. So, Teresh you see the, the, the Maila of the work of Mata, Besamedrish, studying, expounding, extrapolating. Yudalaf, according to this, we'll also understand chapter 11. Because we'll also understand the Tam, in the inner meaning at least, why in Parshas Baal brings just the Pirush that they were sitting in the Besamedrish, the story of Pesach. By the daughters of Slavchad, he brings both Pirushim, and the main Pirush that he says first is transpose the Pasuk. Why? Because the difference between transposing and rearranging the Pasuk to sitting in the base of Medrash is rearranging the Pasuk is still emphasizing that there's the most important thing is the words that are written in the Torah. And you just have to rearrange it. Beis Medrash is that the most important thing is how we are giving and taking and expounding in what was said. Yeah. And that brings novelty. That brings chidushim. And therefore in Pesach Sheni where the question is why should we miss out? Everybody is of the opinion that the, the law of Pesach Sheni was not there yet. There was a new mitzvah given. There was a new parsha said totally. So the main chiddush here is similar to the sitting in the Beis Hamedrash that there was something new that came out because of the expounding and giving and taking. Beis Hamedrash is where new things come out. A new thing was given from above. Pesach Sheni. However, the portion of Leis Snafchad, Rashi says that actually Moshe knew the halacha. 
it was hidden from him. The halacha was already said to Moshe in the past. What was the what was achieved here by Bnei Slavchad? As Ashi says, they had the schus, they had the merit that this pasha was written through their request because Moshe forgot it. In other words, Moshe was one of, once more revealed. The halacha was revealed once more to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's when it was written in the Torah. And that's why there Rashi first gives the the the, the pirush that Sarah Samika transposed the pasuk. In other words, um, yeah, it was already written. It's only written in a way that emphasizes. The greatness and the and the and, and and the input of the matter. It's already all there, but the way it was transmitted has to be rearranged. Moshe forgot it. Now it's written through Bnei Slavcha. But, however, Rashi doesn't just stay with that because there's also in the Pnimius we're saying here. Because since there's also an opinion that the portion about the Bnei Slavcha was taken not taught before, it was a new thing that was elicited from above through the complaint of the Bnei Slavcha. So that's why Rashi also brings the opinion that they were sitting in the base Medrash. The base Medrash emphasizes that there's something new here, there's some novelty here that comes through the give and take, through the Aveda of those below. Yudbe says the Rebbe. What can we take practically from this? Yudot and maybe the will of Hashem, the same way that the complaint and the, not the complaint, but the request and the claim of the daughters of Slavchot give us an inheritance, and they said, what it did was it drew down from above the portion of Nachlis and the main thing is it, drew, it, 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 brought, it, it actually made a difference because now the Nachala, the, the portion of their father in Israel was literally given to the daughters of Slavka. Similarly, it should be in our days, the end of the days of Golos, when we ask from Hashem, allow the flourishing of David Avdecham, the meaning of coming of Mashiach, should sprout forth speedily. And we, we ask every day three times, Mehera. And then we say every day, our eyes sees, when you come back to Tzion with mercy. So this should bring down the Geula, the complete and, and, and true redemption through Mashiach Tzitkenu. Then every Yid will have, in an in a open way, the Nachla in the Holy Land, through the fact that Hashem will divide it to them on His own. Mamash.